This is the Porpoise Pod. It's a podcast with a purpose. All dolphins, all the time. Touchdown! Now, here's your host, Brendan Tobin and Alejandro Solana. Welcome on in, everybody, to another edition of the Porpoise Pod. Tobin and Solana swimming together, gathering in the waters that is the combine. It's all happening, Solana. We don't have a first-round pick, but who cares, you know? People lifting weights, tights, official heights. Like, you know, who doesn't love this stuff? Uh, Byron Jones. But other than, other than yeah, Byron right. Jones, everybody else. I, I've been I've been paying attention to the combine a little bit more. Just because I went a couple of years ago and I got into it by being there. Like the, the excitement of the NFL never actually being on pause or taking a break. Uh, it's it's like one of a kind to be an indie. It's pretty cool. I, I think my favorite combine moment was the alleged scandal of did Joe Philbin fall asleep at the combine? <laughs> it was like one of these things where somebody just duped it because they just took a still shot of him on Twitter. And so everybody for the longest time thought Joe Philbin just took it was catching a nap. During the combine, which if there was going to be a coach who you just was like, oh, who's sleeping? Ah, Joe Philbin. Joe Philbin. Yeah. His 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 stock was already at an all time low when it happened. So tough to go for him. But uh, yeah, you mentioned the Byron Jones thing. That was uh, definitely interesting this weekend where uh, we finally heard from him after a a silent year. No, no word from Byron Jones. What did you make of his uh, his his tweets? I mean, they were interesting as hell. Like, my first reaction was, damn. You know, like, I, I feel for Byron Jones because his whole time, listen, on the Porpoise Pod, I've been slamming Byron Jones. So, right. I, I kind of, I really just felt, and, and truthfully, I feel like the Dolphins also, not that they were putting him on blast, but they didn't do him any favors either by talking about the severity of his injuries. It was always kind of this dance of, well, we're hoping he'll be back. And then by the end of the season, Mike McDaniel kind of would just be like, yeah, he's not coming back. But they they never really elaborated on how severely injured he was. You know what I mean? Like if, if he was relaying this message that came across in those tweets, which was, I can't run or jump anymore. Like why wouldn't the Dolphins have come out and said, yeah, like he is, he's messed up. You know, these surgeries haven't gone well. His rehabilitation process hasn't gone well. Like he's messed up and the Dolphins never really took that approach. So from our perspective, everything we were seeing from the Dolphins end was Byron Jones just doesn't want to play because he doesn't want to risk further injury and mess up his future, uh, you know, contracts. And that upset us and Dolphins fans. But now I don't know, like there's clearly two different sides of what's going on. That's the way I'm viewing it. And like, I feel for Byron Jones, some of what he tweeted, I don't agree with where he's saying, you know, to the young uh, NFL players, uh, don't, don't take those needles. Don't take those injections. It's not worth it in the long run. And like, that's easy to say when you have $18 million in the bank, right, Tobin? Sure. Uh, listen, I, I, I took a lot of needles and injections and uh, they were all well worth it. <laughs> Uh, no, look, I get it. All, football is a brutal sport. It is uh, it, it is sad to see things like this where a guy uh, is at this point in his career, and I'm sure that it, it's a depressing thing to be away from the game that I'm sure at one point he did like playing or was very good at playing, and that, you know, he came to this Dolphins team with a lot of high promise, uh, you know, basically, you know, gave him one decent year, 
And it's like, you know, the, the thing that it probably was the biggest domino effect from Byron Jones was just pissing off Xavier and Howard. But yeah, yeah, I don't like reading that somebody's in pain or that they don't like uh, play the game. It's a very, it's still a very murky thing because there's, doesn't sound like he's ready to say that he retires, but it also says, you know, it's also a very past tense tweet and it sounds like he uh, doesn't have any heart of playing football anymore. It doesn't sound like he's, he's willing to go through it anymore. And if that's the case, then, you know, don't it's uh, you know, you, you want the guy to, to, to protect himself in that case, because um, it's already a dangerous enough sport. It's our, as we saw very much this year with the Dolphins quarterback, it's, it, it can be a crazy thing. You're, Lights can get shut off. Uh, you know, Demar Hamlin happening. What happened this year? It's 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 a crazy business that they're in. Um, it was just a very. It was, I think it was just so random to get it out like that to comment on it as a, like almost a message, uh, as a warning to the to the future draft class. And um, you know, I, I'm sure there'll be some people who. Will uh, I'm sure there'll be some people who will either retire early or. Maybe we'll heed his warning, and then there'll be a bunch of people who say, "Shut up, old man! I want to get my millions." Yeah, uh, but I, I will say this: like, if he does want to play again, claiming that you can't run or jump anymore, probably not the best way to go about it. I, j- just saying, right? Like, if if you do aspire to to recover, and whether it's this year, next season, whenever it is, coming out and and tweeting, hey don't do what the NFL doctors are telling you. Also, I can't run or jump anymore. Uh, probably not going to go a long way in, in, you know, having another team interested in his services. So I, I don't know, Tobin, I, I do feel like there's two sides here, right? Like there has to be more to this because even prior to coming to the Dolphins, um, like who knows what went on. And clearly he's like in a very emotional state right now. Yeah, well, let's just take it from this. Like, he he got surgery. He got his contract guaranteed last year because of it. They restructured it in some way, you know, to help with the cap. Um, he has a str- situation this year where the Dolphins can save a lot of money on the cap, but they can't really use it in free agency because they can't cut him till June to save that money on the cap. So it's a little bit of a weird situation for Miami. They would have to, like, I don't know, basically have a wink, wink deal with a free agent. If they were to take advantage of his salary cap number, that's the only way I could really see them figuring it out or maybe making some trade, you know, to bring in salary. Um, so you have that element to it that clearly the Dolphins are going to move on from him. I would think either way, they're not bringing back Byron Jones. Um, then you have the case of, all right, well, what does retirement mean? Like how much is his payment? Like, does he have to give up money? You know, so he may just be holding his cards close to the best. But I would say, yeah, if you're basically referring to your football career in the past and saying you can't run a jump, that doesn't really speak to this guy's going to play football. I would say either way, if he does play football again, I would very much doubt it was for the uh, that it would be for the Miami Dolphins. No, there's no shot. Like, there's just no way. Everything I was saying earlier, the way that the Dolphins handled this, I'm not saying they handle it poorly. Like, I I, again, I, I feel like we don't know so much and we probably never will. Uh, but if they truly felt like Byron Jones was in this state where he, he can't run or jump, they would have like, why not come out and say that? Like why play this whole song and dance all season yeah. where you're, you're kind of like hiding behind 
you know, this wall of uncertainty regarding Byron Jones all season long until, what was it, Tobin, week 15, week 16, when Mike McDaniel finally came out on that Wednesday press conference? Because every week, the first question on Wednesday was, hey, Byron Jones, what's the deal? And it kind of became like a running joke between the media and Mike McDaniel. And and finally, he, he came out one day and was like, all right, guys, Mike, uh, Byron Jones done for the season. I can confirm it. I would say that my best guess is, look, if this is a guy who doesn't want to do all the treatment to his own admission, and I'm not saying he's right or wrong about it, but if he's doing that and he didn't want to go and rehab the way that he did, I think the Dolphins are probably just in this point of we really don't know because we don't know when he's going to want to play. And I just think that's, one of those things where maybe they have a relationship with the agent. Maybe they're just trying to save face because it is an embarrassing thing. Like, look, if you, for Chris Greer, like you spent a lot of money on this guy and it's a yeah. flop of a signing, you know, and you've already, you look, we're already sensitive to this a little bit with uh, the Armstead thing, right? It's like you signed a lot to Ron Armstead to a lot of money. And, you know, who, that, that almost feels almost like a, a time bomb of when that body is going to give up. And so, yeah, I think that, I think that, I think it just was a, a matter of everybody was just doing the cliche thing and protecting uh, everything as they could, but all in all, he ain't going to be a dolphin anymore. What did you, uh, what do you oh, make sure. though? There's, there's a lot of, uh, with fangs and fold, there's a lot of uh, defensive guys out there. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fodder out there as far as like, there was a uh, pro football focus came out. They tied the dolphins to Jalen Ramsey uh jordan poyer is out here like uh dolph uh bill's captain safety he is like actively out here flirting with the dolphins he was saying <laughs> he was gonna party this weekend at his birthday with mike mcdaniel uh do any of these things tickle your fancy they all tickle my fancy every single one of them like jalen ramsey are you kidding me you can pair xavian howard and uh and and jalen ramsey i mean I, I don't care how much of a step back xavian howard took last year you're telling me you can have X, Jalen Ramsey, and then some of the young guys this year that that really stood out. Like, let's go. But I, I don't. I, I truthfully, I don't know. Like all the cap machinations, how you can make it work. Um, my only thing is Tobin. Like, do we feel like there's a window opening right now for for a, a legitimate Super Bowl run? Like that. That's the question, right? Do you sacrifice potential flexibility moving forward to go all in for this season that's coming up? And, and go out and get a Jalen Ramsey and, and maybe not pay some of your other guys? Or do you kind of keep trying to bring in young guys uh, at, at a lower price and keep building for the future? And I'm not saying 10 years from now, but you know what I mean, like three, four years down the road uh, with Mike McDaniel. Like, what, where do you think the Dolphins feel like they are? Because, man, there's I, I windows. Definitely, I definitely think it's time to take a swing at things. Like, first of all, they – they took big swings last year with getting Armstead and, and certainly trading Tyreek Hill. You got enough of a leap from your quarterback to think, okay, we can do this. And especially if you look at the AFC, like, I don't know. I feel like people made it out to be something very daunting last year. And, you know, I think it's, it's definitely a, a, a conference that's filled with a lot of young talent at quarterback two included, but between Mahomes and Boudreaux and Trevor Lawrence, you know, coming around the way that he did. And, 
you know, even that bum Justin Herbert seeming like he got into the playoffs, even though he did have one of the biggest collapses in football history. Uh, and, and, you know, Josh Allen is getting, you know, yelled at by his, his, uh, his star receiver, but whatever, <laughs> throw them in there too. And then Deshaun Watson, I suppose we could see what he's going to be like, but I, I still don't trust, you know, that he's going to be all the way back with, you know, so little football over all these years. I just, I, I also just don't trust the Browns period. Like right. they, they always, they always find a way to, to kind of shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, you didn't mention Lamar Jackson though. Like I, right? I, I know, well, I don't I know, know where he's going to be. Right. I know his future's up in the air, but it, let's just say he ends up back with Baltimore. I mean, that's still somebody else in your, uh, in your way. And bro, the, the Jets, I, I hate doing this because I hate the Jets so much. The Jets are going to get somebody, Tobin. Like they're, it, they are. I, I don't know who it's going to be. Maybe? No, come on. You see, there was think- rumors this week about bringing back Geno Smith. And, uh, <laughs> and I even saw one about uh, poaching Daniel Jones. Oh my God! So maybe that so look, so Geno Smith was good this year, but you know, there's something weird about going and bringing back your own bust. It's very strange. Very, very. It's and very, you know, very, he's not. He's not having that season that he had in Seattle with the Jets. No. He's just not. He's just not. That would be that would be so unbelievable if the Jets right now they're shooting for Aaron Rodgers. Derek Carr is interviewing. Uh, he's going in for a meeting, and they end up with Geno Smith. I mean, you want to you want to talk about the most Jets thing ever? That'd be unbelievable. Yeah, it would be like it would be like the Dolphins move this year. Maybe if he was a little younger, being like, "Hey, Chad Henning, what do y'all think?" Like, huh? No, <laughs> we were there. Well, we did that already. No, and it, it, it'd even be like crazier because it'd be like Pat White. I mean, like just somebody right. who's just so on the blip of your history, but you just know him for that one incident, it, come on it, back. It's it's right. It's bringing – I know Ryan Tannehill had more success in Miami than Geno Smith. Like, uh, Ryan Tannehill's a much better quarterback. But I'm saying, if this year the Dolphins said, you know what, the Tua thing, not working, we're going to bring back Ryan Tannehill for one more one more season. And everybody would be like, what? What are you talking about? You're bringing back Ryan Tannehill. No way. But to answer your question with the Dolphins, if we're going all in, yeah, I, I do think there's an element to that because – you know, there's so much debate over this two uh, uh, option that's out there. And, you know, quite frankly, like, that's when you pounce. You pounce before you have to pay your quarterback. And you make all the moves you can before you have to pay Tua. And I absolutely think the Dolphins should do everything in their power to keep beefing up. Like, they don't have any first-round picks this year. Part of that is because they got caught tampering, uh, stealing, uh, trying to, to woo Tom Brady again. But they have no picks this year um, in the first round. They'll they'll have a second-round pick. But, you know, I, I definitely think that if you think you can get even – giving up one of those second-round picks to go get another certified star like a Jalen Ramsey or whomever, I, I definitely think you should put, put your chips to the table. If it's out there that they could go and get a Dalvin Cook or some yeah. stud in the backfield, that, yeah, I'm all for it. Absolutely. Because you only have so many – years left before all things being positive let's just say Tua is healthy before you gotta pay him 40 million dollars a year that's my thing I'm with you because my thing is in the NFL those windows they close man like you feel right now oh you made the playoffs year one with McDaniel you'll get back bro Sperano same thing and I'm not I'm not comparing Mike McDaniel to Tony Sperano or Adam Gase but just think about how we felt after those seasons. 
right? After the first year with Adam Gase, you're kind of sitting there like, hey, this is perfect. Like, we'll be back. No problem. Yeah. I mean, they're going to close, they'll close unless you have the guy who can carry it a little bit. And right now, two is a guy that you feel like, oh, he needs the star power, which is fine. So did, you know, one half of the Super Bowl this year and Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's the exact situation. They paid for a star wide receiver in AJ Brown. They drafted a star young receiver in Devontae Smith. And they, you know, the only difference is their offensive line is amazing and the Dolphins is still shaky. Um, by the way, what's your take on them getting rid of this tush push? I just said that because I want to say tush push on the podcast. Tush push. I don't know. How do you, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, like, I don't want to get rid like, of it just because I don't want to get rid of the term tush push. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like I'm indifferent. Like it's not even it's it's not like a huge deal to me, you know. Like so is Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel said he doesn't think they should get rid of it today. I was proud of him. I was like, hey, good for you, McCoachin. Do you think he calls it a tush push? No, no way. But I I, I hope somebody does run that past him because I, I just it's a great name. Speaking I mean, of they, Mike, Mc... they ran it. They ran it a couple times with who was it? Durham Smythe, right? Durham like Smythe. A couple times. Yes, kind yeah, of. I... Yes, it wasn't a full tush push. It was. But I, but yes, it was a mini version of that, less beefy. Uh, speaking of Mike McDaniel, he uh, spoke at the combine today. We'll get some of his most interesting comments, and uh, he commented on Tua's fifth-year option. We'll get to that as the Porpoise Pod swims on after this. Porpoise Pod swimming on here, Tobin and Solana, as we are in the midst of the 2023 off-season. Thanks for everybody for tuning in, watching us on the WQAM YouTube page or wherever you are consuming this podcast. We appreciate you guys. Subscribe there. You guys can watch. Uh, the radio shows there live as well. And to get us, of course, on the Odyssey app. Uh, Solana McCochin spoke today at the Combine. Wow, it was a long press conference. I, I need to get my McCochin muscle up, dude, to get through this one. It was, I was like, man, he's back to saying everything. How How is he in mid-season form in March or, or late February? Like, how? I don't, I don't understand, Tobin. I just think he was looking to chat up, dude. He just had <laughs> he had so much to say, and yet on some things he just talked words, and there was no answer. Mostly when it came to Tua's uh, fifth year option, yeah. Because like I didn't even know what I was like. What what does he what 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 does he mean here? We got like a lot of uh, spewing of. I, I did hear him say that ultimately we want him and the Tua and the Dolphins. We want to be together for a long time. So that was nice. But uh, no real clarity on where they stand with Tua and the option, other than I assume that I assume McCoachin is down with keeping Tua because that's basically the reason he got the job. I think so. Like I, I think he's genuine when he says that Tua is the starting quarterback, Tua is the franchise quarterback. Uh, but I do think they have to be very cautious with how they talk about this fifth-year option thing, right? Because like he needs to be on the same page with Chris Greer whenever they come out publicly on this and like this isn't going to get done for a while right Tobin are you there with me like this isn't something that that's going to be resolved anytime soon so I I, I, I just think they have they really have to play the slow game here I think the deadline is May 1st so they basically have two months yeah so there's really no need to have an answer right now um it is going to be interesting I wonder how you feel about this because there was a report that they're not going to offer fifth-year options on, and not surprisingly, Noah Igbenogany and Austin Jackson. And I just wonder, as like, I feel like with Chris Greer, we seesaw a lot, right? 
Cause like, yeah, he's had some, he's had some hits. He's had some real whiffs. I think we look at his, uh, what was it? The 2021 draft with, uh, with Waddle and Javon and JP and man, that's a great draft. But then you look at, you look at the draft before that. It's like, man, so we, you had three first round picks. You had the gold mine, three first round picks. You're telling me there's a potential that you're not going to give any of them the fifth year option. That's kind of crazy. Like that is a, that is a, that's a damning thing as a GM and already having two of them, quite frankly, is not great. But if you get the franchise quarterback, it's not, I, I feel like the, it, it, it's, it just numbs it a little bit more. And I'm not saying here, saying like, look, I get not given Austin Jackson. Austin Jackson can't stay healthy either. Uh, and when he was healthy, he hasn't proven to be very good. They're not good. No, yeah. No, Ibanagini has spent more games inactive than active, but I don't know, man. That's quite the blemish. If you're going to tell me you're Chris Greer and you're going to go about this and uh, he's going to he's gonna not give the fifth-year option on Tua, it's pretty wild. I'm, and look, man, I get the people who are like out on I – don't, I don't really get people who are out or Dolphins who are out on Tua. I get the concern because the biggest concern coming into this year was durability, and now a new thing kind of came up, and it's like – one of the most hazy things that's there because we don't know much about head injuries. Um, it's still a mystery on how these things are, are diagnosed. And so, but I just can't imagine he's going to have a whole draft class. None of them get their fifth year option. That's pretty crazy. Nah, like that's unheard of three first round picks and none of them are getting the fifth year option. Here's my thing though, Tobin, like regarding Tua, what other option is out there right now that benefits your team? That that makes you better. It, it it's Aaron Rodgers and then probably nobody else, right? Lamar Jackson. I just I just think that's a pipe dream, though. Like both of those guys. So the Dolphins are kind of stuck in this place where, like, it it's going to be Tua, and like, w- what if Tua tells you, well, like I'm I'm either playing for the fifth year option or I'm not playing or or sign me, right? Like give me give me a deal. Like he, just, he yeah, and it's one of these things with his option that like. Man, it has to go really bad for it to be like a blunder, right? Because like quarterbacks yeah. make a lot of money. We're seeing this. The Giants are in the midst of this with Daniel Jones right now, and uh, and how much money they have to give him. And and listen, quarterbacks get paid a whole heap of money. Probably are overpaid in a law. A lot of guys who shouldn't be paid the money they're paid at quarterback. If the only way you tell me that the only way this is a disaster is well, two is not going to be able to play football anymore, and you're still on the hook for it. I feel like the the more likely thing that's going to happen is, hey, things are going to be okay this year. This was the sixth offense in the league this past season. He has a coach who seems to believe in him. He's got the star wide receivers. I feel like this isn't that big of a risk. I, I don't really know why it's that big of a question other than you don't really trust his body, which I guess is fair, but you, you think he's not going to get through the season? Like It's going to get to that point? I don't know. Where do you think they feel like they're at, though? Like, do you think that they feel like Tua can can finish a season? Because I, I think that's where the hesitancy comes from. Uh, do Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel feel like Tua can withstand a season in the NFL? Yeah. I, I I don't know that they feel strongly about it. I really don't, man. Um, He's taking done, jiu-jitsu, they... dude. <laughs> Judo, baby. No, you know, it's, hey, ju- it's it was, ju- oh, it was... It's jiu-jitsu? It's not judo. He's apparently taking jujitsu, which 
was it kind of an interesting clarification because I had spoken to uh, to Jorge Masvidal and Gilbert Burns about judo. And Masvidal actually thought judo was a really good idea. And it's not like they're not – they're kind of cousins to, to give everybody who's not like a martial arts uh, fan uh, the run on it. They're kind of cousins. I would say the difference between judo and jujitsu is like not a lot of people use judo. It's kind of a weird sport. Like you're kind of trying to like flip each other onto their head and things like that. Uh, jiu-jitsu is, uh, you know, you're on the ground, but you do have to learn how to fall because it is a lot of wrestling. It's a lot of takedowns and things like that. It's also a lot more common. It makes a lot more sense that he's training jujitsu than he is judo. Like you go to South Florida, there's a jujitsu gym in every strip mall. Everywhere. If, yeah. Everywhere. A judo is, I was like, that's kind of random. So uh, for them to clarify I feel like that, all, all my Brazilian friends growing up were, were all members of a jujitsu gym. Like every yeah. single one of them. But it's funny, man. Like my son takes jujitsu now, and it's literally the first thing they teach these kids is how to brace falls. So I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Even if judo, like judo does that too, but you're like, it's a really awkward fall because you're like getting hip thrust, thrown onto one arm, you know? And so, yeah, you kind of do have to turtle on that, but it's almost kind of like how you would never want to in a land in some regards. But I found I actually found that as a as like a a, a fan of this stuff kind how, of interesting. How'd you wait? How'd you find out that he's not doing judo but he's doing jujitsu? Like I, Mike, I didn't. Mike see McDaniel that. said it. Mike McDaniel said it was the oh, last question. Of, uh, the last question of his press conference, he was asked about, "Hey, what do you think about him taking judo?" And he said, uh, "I'll get the quote right here." He said, "It's actually jujitsu." He goes, "Little confusion with uh, Ju Ju uh, martial arts." <laughs> Uh, he says it's some of the various ideas we've had, some of which I won't repeat because they weren't very good. We were willing to go to any length. However, with him getting invested in it and really talking to him and hearing how the trainers invested in him and how he really is getting into it, getting good residuals from it, we feel very comfortable in terms of preparing him for things that he hasn't otherwise been able to prepare for. Well, it can't uh, be going that well if he doesn't even know the damn name of the sport he's playing. Well, you know. I mean, What? Uh, it's something that we're trying to train. Uh, he's attacking it with vigor. He also said, this doesn't say this in the transcript, but I remember the soundbite. He also said that Tua, uh, was a former boxer, which I didn't know. What? I had no idea that Tua was a former boxer. He said Tua was a former boxer. He's going to have all the skills to beat you up for all the bad things you say about him. A little Southpaw action from Tua. Yeah. I didn't know that. And it makes me think of the great David Tua. Of course, the former heavyweight boxer from New Zealand, the the Samoan boxer, who Tua's actually put like montage videos on his Instagram of before. He's a behemoth, and he actually he's kind of like the new age Shannon Briggs on uh, on on Instagram. He's like the motivational boxer. He's like built like a like a brick house. But I, I was like, wait, hold on, wait, how have we gone this long? We didn't know that Tua used to box like that. That Mike McDaniel's just throwing this out there. I love Mike McDaniel finding this out. Like I love envisioning Mike McDaniel and Tua just sitting down and, and he's like very interested in Tua's life. And he's the one finding out that Tua is a boxer or was That's a right. boxer. That's right. I'm these very excited best, about they're, this. they're best buds. These guys, right? Like Tua, Mike McDaniel. I mean, Tua loves Mike McDaniel. We just know. Only, only second only to Rick Ross, of course, the boss. Those, uh, those videos are 
tremendous. Something else, man. What do you Something think else. happened there? Like he's the only like Rick Ross is the only guy who's allowed to put up his cell phone there. Yeah. Like that's what happened. Like you're not taking I Rick Ross's so. cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, it's it's Rick Ross in Miami. I mean, right. It's, it's Rick Ross. Like if you're two and you find out Rick Ross is coming to your birthday, you just like let him do what he wants. Also, like, isn't that kind of a flex? Yeah, Rick Ross is at my birthday. Of like course. had had there been no pictures of it, we never would have known Tua was hanging right. out with Rick Ross. Kind kind of helps him, doesn't it? Makes him a little cooler. It does make him cooler, of course. Yeah. Like if if Ricky Rose is going to show up and uh, he, what, he like gave him a coat or something like that. Yeah, I gave him a coat. He had the big uh the big bottle of uh champagne. Like they they, they yeah, were... What is that stuff that he sells? I don't, I don't know, know what it's called. I, know. I know it's like pink and black. I, I, it's like, but it's like bubbly. Yeah, but there's no way he's a, there's no way he's actually drinking that. Like that had to have been a bottle of Dom or something. There's I like don't know. Rick Ross isn't drinking his own his own pink bubbly champagne. There's no way. Doesn't Rick Ross own a farm in Georgia? I feel like that's a thing. I thought he owned Doesn't. like Wing Stops. He does own Wing Stops. That's true. But yeah, I think, remember, I think like, there was one at near our old studio in Miami Gardens. Like he, yep. he had opened up a bunch of wing stops around there. Love a wing stop. Delicious. Oh, so good. So very, good. very good. What were we talking about? Oh yeah. Mick McDaniel. Um, anyway. So yeah, no, that was the, the grit. That was my favorite part of the press conference. And I had to wait till all the way at the end for the grand <laughs> revelation that two was taking jujitsu instead of judo. Did you see anything that stood out to you today that, uh, that intrigued you on the, uh, on the Twitter sphere? Well, by the way, I, I checked out like halfway through watching the video on my way home because I, I just thought to myself, like, there's no way Mike McDaniel is talking this. Like, does he not talk at home? Like, does his, is his so wife, just, his wife you... is just like constantly at Pilates because she's just she's sick of listening to Mike McDaniel all day. Somebody asked him about D'Amico Ryan and I just looked at the audio fo- wave and it was like three minutes. I'm just like, I'm skipping that one. Sorry. <laughs> um, So. As far as like Vic Fangio goes, obviously he's speaking highly about Vic Fangio, but uh, like you can tell he's he's really geeked up about having Vic Fangio in the building, and I, I it, it kind of to me opened my eyes a little bit to like his relationship with Boyer. It, it probably was just never as strong as he would have wanted, right? Um, and yeah, and, and I, I think me, it's like, weird. Him being able to go and pick his guy, and and by the way, I was watching a clip yesterday, Sean Payton came out and said, yeah, like I made a strong push for Vic Fangio. Ultimately, Mike McDaniel made a better one. Like McDaniel went and got his guy and beat out other head coaches that have are, are way more prestigious around the league in terms of the, their respect and, and their accomplishments. And he beat them out and convinced Vic Fangio to come to Miami. So like kind of swaggering around a little bit with that. I think that's an encouraging thing that we've seen in a lot of places. Like you see Vic Fangio pursued by a lot of people dolphins get them and that we we know that the dolphins will spend a lot of money that's definitely a thing but between that uh jordan poyer coming out and 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 flirt with the dolphins telling the the bills he wants to get the hell out of there who can blame him uh the the heisman trophy winner came out and said that his number one choice would be to be drafted by the Dolphins. when is the last time you have heard a number one pick that's not a a, or a, a kid who's not a former hurricane say he wants to be drafted by the Miami Dolphins. No ties Crazy. to Miami. Crazy. He wants to come to the dolphins like that. I think is the cool thing. I don't, you know, I'm not really worried about it. I'm not really all, you know, should we, should we go get Caleb Williams? 
But that's pretty awesome that this guy's like, I want to go play there. That's what the, is that's, what what is it though? Is it Tyreek Hill? Like, was it that it simple? It, it's that simple as Tyreek Hill and the young cool head coach, and now you're one of the more attractive destinations in the NFL. It's the two star receivers, it's the coach, it's the waddle. Everybody was doing the waddle yeah. this year, the celebrations. Yeah. They're just a cool team. They are. And that's that we we talked about that in other podcasts this year. There's just there is a that you know, they have the fun thing in the league this year. They're like um, I don't know where to compare it in basketball, like a Memphis Grizzlies, like kind of like the new thing that everybody is is checking out. Um, hopefully just not, you know, fighting Shannon Sharp at one point in the middle of the season. <laughs> But anyway, uh, that's our Porpoise Pod, everybody. We'll be back later on. Uh, if you missed any of uh, our previous episodes, check them on out. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Subscribe to the YouTube page on 560 WQAM. And we'll talk to you next time.